No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Job asks his friends to bear with him because of his hardships. He points out how the wicked prosper in this life and calls for God's judgment against them. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Job chapter 21 on Simply the Bible. I love the famous prayer of St. Francis. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Now, this would have been a good prayer for Job's friends to pray, for they had neither understood nor consoled Job. There was no room in their understanding for the innocent to suffer. Therefore, the conclusion, Job must be guilty. We continue in Job chapter 21. Then Job answered and said, Listen carefully to my speech, and let this be your consolation. Bear with me that I may speak, and after I have spoken, keep mocking. A person who is in pain wants simply to be heard and understood. But this was the one thing Job's friends denied him. They thought to give him advice, but not a listening ear. Job wanted to be understood, but he also wanted to console them. After bearing with their rebukes ten times, Job knew that even if his friends did listen to him now, it would only be to gather more ammunition that they could mock him again. As for me, is my complaint against men? And if it were, why should I not be impatient? If Job's complaint were against man, if somehow a man had done all these terrible things to Job and he could blame them, then wouldn't he have the right to be impatient? then why should Job's friends find fault with him for being impatient with God? Because he's saying, God has done this to me. And even if he is impatient with God, then what is that to them? Job's complaint isn't with them, it is with God. Look at me and be astonished. Put your hand over your mouth. Even when I remember I am terrified and trembling takes hold of my flesh. Job's friends can see him sitting on top of the ash heap with a broken piece of pottery as his only companion to scrape his sores. They can see everything that has happened to him, the loss of his material goods, the loss of his servants, the loss of his children. It was all so horrifying that even as Job recalls it, he shudders. How is it that Job's friends are not moved with pity? How is it that they can keep pouring out their hurtful words, knowing that Job is at death's door? Their main point is that God destroys the wicked. Now, Zophar had just said that the triumph of the wicked has been short-lived and the joy of the godless has been only temporary. Now, Job refutes that argument. Why do the wicked live and become old? Yes, become mighty in power. Their descendants are established with them in their sight and the offspring before their eyes. You're saying that they have a short life? That's not true. They live long. They live to be old and their descendants live long and are established before them. They get to see them grow up and and prosper. 
Their houses are safe from fear. Neither is the rod of God upon them. Their bull breeds without failure. Their cow calves without miscarriage. They send forth their little ones like a flock and their children dance. They sing to the tambourines and harp and rejoice to the sound of the flute. You say that, you know, their descendants are going to be begging because they're wicked. Uh, Listen, that's not what I see. What I see is their kids are doing fine. You know, they're in the best private schools. They're dancing. They're having a good time. What you are saying does not measure up with reality. They spend their days in wealth and in a moment go down to the grave. And, And so they live all of their days in luxury and then they don't waste away like I'm wasting away here, suffering a long time, a prolonged death. They just one day they're just gone. Uh, but they had a good life before that. Yet they say to God, depart from us, for we do not desire the knowledge of your ways. Who is the Almighty that we should serve him? And what profit do we have if we pray to him? You know, sort of like Pharaoh, you know, who is the Lord that I should let the people go? You know, who is this God? You know, leave us alone. We're doing fine. We don't need you. Is their attitude toward God? We don't need to follow your commands. Uh, we're doing fine. Why should we pray to him? Indeed, their prosperity is not in their hand. The counsel of the wicked is far from me. And so, you know, Job was saying, look, I know the truth. They don't prosper because of what they do. Their prosperity, you know, they know who gave them life. God gave them life. Who gave them the gifts they have? God gave them those gifts. Maybe they inherited a great inheritance. They had nothing to do with that. Their prosperity is not in their hand. It can all change in a moment, as we're like seeing right now with the coronavirus. You know, it's like things can change in a moment. You have no control over it. So he said, the counsel of the wicked is far from me. I'm not going to enter their counsel. He's not going to be like Asaph, who in Psalm 73, he saw all of how the wicked prosper and everything they do turns to gold, you know, and it's like they they never have any problems. And and when I thought about this, I thought, well, why am I righteous? You know, it's a lot of hassle to be righteous all the time, you know, and and I began to think this way. I've kept my hands clean in vain. He said, but then I entered the sanctuary of the Lord and I realized that they're going to be, they're here today and they're gone tomorrow and they're going to be gone for good. You know, their destiny is not good. And I realized that that's the reality of things. And so uh, Job is here saying, look, I'm not going to enter into the counsel of the wicked. I'm not going to let that, the fact that they're getting by in life and life is good for them. I'm not going to go ahead and start living wickedly because of that. It, but it is a reality that you're saying that, you know, God judges them right away. That's not what happens. They don't get judged right away. How often is the lamp of the wicked put out? Have you seen that? Have you seen the wicked just prospering and suddenly they're just taken out? How often does their destruction come upon them, the sorrows God distributes in his anger? They are like straw before the wind and like chaff that a storm carries away. Now, I don't know, is he saying that that they have said that or is Job saying that? I think Job is saying that. I think what Job is saying is, look, they live a long life, But in reality, they are like straw before the wind and chaff that the storm carries away. One day, they're just going to be gone, and they're going to go to their eternal destiny, and they're going to be far, far away from God, you know, in in the place of punishment that has already been talked about. But he said, in this life, you don't see that. They say, God, 
lays up one's iniquity for his children. Let him recompense him that he may know it. Let his eyes see his destruction and let him drink of the wrath of the Almighty. For what does he care about his household after him when the number of his months is cut in half? You know, Job's friends have been saying, well, you know, the children of the wicked, they're going to get recompensed by God. They're going to be punished for the, the wickedness of their fathers. And, and Job is saying, well, that's not the way God works. And uh, Job is really in agreement with Ezekiel 18, where God says, look, I don't punish the children for the sins of their parents. And Job is saying, look, the, the, the truth is they do fine also. The kids do fine after their parents are gone. And even if it were the case that God recompensed the children, well, what do the wicked care? It would be better for God to recompense them. They get what's coming to them. It, you know, what are they going to care after they, they're dead and, and their children uh, get the punishment from God? They don't care. They're gone. Can anyone teach God knowledge since he judges those on high? One dies in his full strength, being holy, at ease, and secure. His pails are full of milk, and the marrow of his bones is moist. Another man dies in the bitterness of his soul, having never eaten with pleasure. They lie down alike in the dust, and worms cover them. So Job's friends have been making the point that life is good for the righteous and bad for the wicked. Riches are a sure sign of righteousness and poverty is a sure sign of wickedness. But Job says, no, both the rich and the poor, they die alike. One person dies in full strength. As a rich person, you know, his pails are full of milk. Things are going good. Another person dies never having enjoyed pleasure. But here's the deal. The worms cover both of them. Death is the great leveler, and it doesn't discriminate between the rich and the poor. Look, I know your thoughts and the schemes with which you would wrong me. Job says, I know where you're going with all of your arguments, trying to say that I'm wicked because I'm suffering like this. For you say, where is the house of the prince? And where is the tent, the dwelling place of the wicked? So, you know, the house of the prince is doing good. It's stable. Things are good. And where's the tent and the dwelling place of the wicked? You know, you're looking at me and you're seeing that my place has all been shattered. And therefore, you're saying uh, that I am wicked. I'm not like the prince who's doing good. I'm like the wicked who's just living in a tent and everything's been destroyed. Have you not asked those who travel the road? And do you not know their signs? You guys need to get out a little bit. Talk to the people that are world travelers, and they will tell you that what I'm saying is true. You go throughout the world, and there are some rich, happy people. Things are going good. They're not suffering, you know, the destruction like you you say that the wicked suffer from God. For the wicked are reserved for the day of doom. They shall be brought out on the day of wrath. Okay, so yes, the time will come. I think Job is saying here, I believe that what you're saying is ultimately true. The wicked will be judged, but we don't see it in our lifetime. It's going to happen later after they die. That's when they are reserved for the day of doom, for the day of judgment, and will be brought out on the day of wrath. Who condemns his way to his face and who repays him for what he has done? You know, nobody gets in the face of the wealthy, powerful person and tries to rebuke him because if you do that, you're going to hurt yourself. And so nobody says anything to him. Yet he shall be brought to the grave and a vigil kept over the tomb. So 
you know, he'll go to the grave, he'll have a great funeral, everybody will keep a vigil, oh, wasn't he a great man, look at all the things that he did. The clods of the valley shall be sweet to him. He's still going to be covered with dirt clods, okay? And and yet everybody will follow him. They'll, they'll still try to follow him because they want to be wealthy like he was. They want to live the good life. And countless have gone before him. How then can you comfort me with empty words since falsehood remains in your answers? You know, your words are of no value to me because they're not even true. It doesn't even reflect real life. And yet you're, you're giving me all of these answers, trying to say that I'm guilty here when I, I haven't done the things that you say. And, and yet you're going to try to comfort me, but even your words of comfort don't even measure up to reality. You know, Proverbs 25, 18 says, a man who bears false witness against his neighbor is like a club, a sword, and a sharp arrow. And and their false witness of telling Job that only bad things happen to bad people was like a club, a sword, was like a sharp arrow through his heart. Because he was saying, look, Job, you're bad. That's why this has all happened. May God help us to offer the words of comfort that come from genuinely understanding those who are suffering, not being like these comforters of Job that just gave really bad counsel that ended up being a sword, a club, and a sharp arrow. May God help us to give the good counsel that really brings consolation and comfort and peace and strength to those who are suffering. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow, we'll see where Eliphaz accuses Job of great wickedness, even though there is no evidence to support this. If Job will return to the Almighty, then God will hear his prayer. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Job on Simply the Bible.